Sticks and Stones and Broken Bones, the Rock Valley Podcast. When you're looking for solutions to pain, we're here to help. Whether success for you means lifting a grandchild, getting back to work, or simply walking up the stairs without pain, Rock Valley Physical Therapy is here to help with compassionate, expert physical and occupational therapy, making care as fun and easy as possible. Each episode, we spend time learning from therapists, physicians, and even patients in hopes of offering solutions to your aches and pains. Hey everybody, this is Sam Huey. I'll be your host for today's episode. I've got a special guest with us today. Um, Dana Herrick is here today. She's a therapist that works kind of all over our central Iowa, Des Moines region. And uh, she's got a really interesting background, so we want to welcome Dana to the podcast. Hi Sam, thanks for having me. You bet. Glad you're here this morning. Um, I I ended Dana's run a little bit early this morning. I've got a sick (laughs) child, so... She, she cut her run off early just to come spend time with us, so thank you. Um, and we are masked up in the podcast studio here, so if the sound quality is a little off, I apologize for that. Um, Dan is going to talk to us a little bit about running, kind of her experience with running, which is pretty vast, and then injury prevention and how we can be better and healthier runners and, and really hopefully enjoy running and, and get more out of it for ourselves. So... Um, before we start, Dana, can you give us just a little background on kind of your personal experiences with running? Yeah. So um, again, thanks for having me on, Sam. Just to confirm with the listeners, I did have time to shower, so I prioritized <laughs> that. Thank goodness. As we're sitting here together. Um, so I grew up in Boone, Iowa, um, just north of Des Moines, and and did a lot of sports in in our smaller community. Um, but I, I really had a joy for running, and just felt like I had a lot of. Um, a lot of growth um, that I potentially could could get into with the running. So I pursued running in college and ran for Truman State University in Kirksville, Missouri, um, where it's a Division II NCAA program. Uh, graduated from there, and when I moved back to Iowa to Des Moines to go to physical therapy school, I got running with a great group of women here in Des Moines, and they were training for marathons, and I just thought, you know what? I'm already doing all the miles. I might as well get into marathoning. Um, So fast forward those next, pretty much from 2010 to where we're sitting now, I've ran, I believe, 13 marathons, which included uh, three Olympic trials marathons and a handful of the world major marathons in New York, Boston, and Chicago, and have um, had great experiences with those finishing in the top 20 um, for women and even uh, 12th at Boston um, and the fourth American female in 2017. So had a lot of great experiences and mentors, coaches along the way that, uh, as well as PT mentors who have kept me healthy um, as a runner. Yes, so she's got slightly more running experience than I do, but uh, (laughs) she is back on the Rock Valley team and we're super excited to have her here. She's doing some coaching and uh, seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of, all kinds of patients, but obviously a lot of runners. Um, and we can get into a little bit more about your, your newest niche practice in a minute, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah. If you are going out for a run, what's your, what's your go-to soundtrack? What kind of music do you like? Oh man. So growing up and, and going to college running, I really never listened to music with having teammates and just for safety purposes. So when I get on the treadmill, I always do grab the headphones. I love a good Justin Timberlake, can't stop the feeling. Nice. Um, anything that keeps my tempo and cadence just moving <laughs> and grooving. <laughs> nice. How about what's your favorite running weather? Oh, right now. Um, even though I am close, closing in on 23 weeks pregnant, I am like getting out the door every day um, with the crisp fall weather. Nice. That's yeah. great. 
So if you're listening to this uh, delayed, this is October that we're recording this right now. So yeah, good good weather to be outdoors for sure. And winter's right around the corner. So um, actually perfect segue into what we want to talk about today. So with, with fall getting colder here, I think we're expecting snow later in the week, unfortunately here in Iowa. Um, and winter will be here in no time. What uh, what would you recommend, or what are some suggestions for just you know runners, recreational runners, for example, staying healthy and safe throughout mm-hmm. the colder colder weather? Yeah, so I mean, I think being smart, you know, making sure you're kind of up on the forecast of what's to come the next day, especially if you're a morning runner, um, and with any type of snow and ice, really thinking better safe than sorry as far as getting out on icy conditions. Um, you know, as far as um, clothing and things like that, you want to make sure you're definitely dressed um, appropriately covering the skin. But I do always have the thought process of when you're running, it actually is going to feel about 20-ish degrees warmer versus if you were to go get on a bike, it's going to feel 20 degrees colder. Mm -hmm. Um, So in my past history of training with um, Ironman triathlon, you definitely have to bundle up a little more when you're getting on a bike in these type of conditions in the fall um, versus running. But I think I'd rather have too many layers and shed them um, than not enough uh, when you first get out the door. Um, But I think just making sure you really kind of have a heads up on what's to come with the forecast. Yeah. Do you, mm-hmm. do you feel that in colder weather, people have a harder time staying appropriately hydrated sometimes too? Oh, definitely. I think a lot of people have that assumption in the summer, warmer months, um, they're sweating a lot more and, uh, you know, are naturally thirstier. But if you were to do a nice run with a lot of those layers on, you peel those off before shower and they're nearly soaking wet, mm-hmm. that should make you realize how much you're still sweating, even though it is uh, possibly freezing temperatures out. Um, so all the more reason to stay consistent with your hydration and um, and the after run fueling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and those sweatsicles that come off of my eyebrows when I run <laughs> in the winter, that's, that's yes. just sweat too, right? Yes. Gotcha, okay. Um, so oftentimes people that are big runners decrease their running volume in the winter simply because they don't enjoy running outdoors in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any suggestions for those people, whether they're comfortable going to the gym or at home maybe, What's a productive use of their off-season, if you will, as mm-hmm. far as maybe strength training or mobility? Or what, what kinds of things should they work on if they're going to do less running in the off-season? Yeah, I mean, I think the off-season um, or kind of that, uh, yeah, lessened mileage season is a great time to focus on some of the areas you don't always give time and, and focus into. Um, so like Sam said, stretching, uh, mobility. And sometimes a lot of runners don't know, don't know, you know, what stretches should I be doing? And I think that's a great time to prioritize seeing a physical therapist, no matter what part of the country you live in, um, reaching out to, to a PT clinic to see if you can come in and, and even get, get a run gait analysis is a great option that a lot of therapists, especially um, Rock Valley here in the Des Moines metro area, we um, very commonly do to be able to really give you a clear picture with you specifically what stretches and what mobility drills uh, you are going to best benefit from Um, because every runner is different. Every runner has a different stride and kind of has the different compensation patterns that overuse a lot of muscle groups that we want to, we want to give a little bit of extra love to. Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. as, as you fatigue, we know that those compensations come out even more. So mm-hmm. I always talk to my runners about if they're going to decrease in the off season or the winter, this is the time to address maybe some of those mechan- mechanical flaws in how they run or mm-hmm. um, work on some of the strength issues that, they're, that they've you know, 
developed over the years of, of just running and maybe not doing enough cross training. Exactly. Yeah. And I think whether it's going into this winter season or just the um, reality of COVID, uh, if you're a runner that is motivated by races and there aren't as many races, I have, you know, one patient, for example, who hasn't done a race um, all summer because COVID hasn't um, allowed her to, um, but she's taken this time to come into PT and really focus on all of her weaknesses and areas to gain those strengths and really get her gait and her health back on track so that when races start up, she's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, I know it's hard to generalize, but are there certain muscle groups that you would say the people that kind of strictly run need, need to focus on the most? Yeah. So definitely, um, you kind of think what areas are too tight that you need to stretch because they get overworked and what areas are weak. Um, and we need to focus on activating and getting stronger. So right away with running, um, I think of our hip flexors, which are on the front of your thigh, right below that waistline. You're driving those legs upward with every stride and step. And then you go to work, you go to the rest of your day and you're sitting and they're in a tightened position, shortened position. So we definitely wanna lengthen those muscle groups out, those hip flexors and quads. Whereas the opposite, where do we need to strengthen would be the glutes, so on the backside. Um, so getting those, getting the buttock area mobile or um, activated uh, even before you go run is a great little tip that takes anywhere from two to five minutes uh, to to get um, to wake up and just to get those stronger on on that backside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I think another interesting point there is you know strengthening of the posterior muscles, so on the backside, the hamstrings, the butt, the low back muscles, right? Um, I think the more we learn about strength training, it, it has a protective, it, I always tell my patients, it's like putting a coat of armor on your body, mm-hmm. right? Like the stronger those muscles can be, the less likely either they're going to get hurt because you're working them too hard mm-hmm. or that your knees, or your hips or some other joints are going to have issues. And that's, that's pretty consistent across the board with any sport, you know? Exactly. But especially I think with runners, because they tend to just run oftentimes. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, and that's where I think complementing your running mileage with um, even just the shortest bit of 20-minute strength training a few times a week um, is going to be beneficial. Um, and like Sam said, I think of the muscles as almost like you're building a house. You've got your framework up, your, your bone structure, but it's not like the builders are done at that point and tell you, here you go, here's your new house. We need to build that, insulate that house and really strengthen it up with all the other exteriors. So. We really want to make sure your body weight is supported so that every step you're taking as you're hitting that ground and throwing that body weight, that force into the ground, um, your whole structure is able to support that. Yeah. I mean, think how many, if you go for a four mile run, even like think how many steps you're taking. Yes. I, I I say that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I say that a lot with my patients. So a lot of, a lot of steps within even just a half hour run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I'm throwing a curveball at you here. We didn't discuss mm-hmm. this ahead of time, but uh, you know, each decade it seems that runners tend to have a little more susceptibility to overuse type injuries and maybe a little more need to do some of the other cross training type stuff. Do you mm-hmm. see that in either your practice or personally with yourself? Yes, definitely. And I, I think the phrase "your training age" can be very different different from your actual chronological year age. Um, and that was something I learned from my college coach. Um, as a collegiate athlete where, you know, if you didn't start running until later in life, uh, you may have a little more of those years in you where you're not feeling as many bones and joints creaking, getting out of bed. Um, but regardless, as the years go on and you add the mileage to the body, to the legs, um, all the more reason to really 
pay attention to what you're feeling and really be proactive in preventing um, bigger injuries coming on from those compensation patterns. And one quote, a good friend of mine, um, professional triathlete here in Des Moines, shared when I was fairly young into the marathon, when you, uh, when you hear your body whisper, pay attention to it. You don't want to hear it scream. So listen to your body when it whispers. I like that. So, yeah. so what would you do if, you know, if you're a physical therapist, so you probably understand how to self-treat your body fairly well. But uh, what are some avenues if, if they're hearing their body start to whisper or worse, start to scream? What do you mm-hmm. think these people should do? Yeah, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. take to the internet and to YouTube um, to solve them themselves and self-diagnose, which I've been um, guilty of that just on my own PT um, brain. But I think at the end of the day, to really get a clear picture of what you have going on, again, is a great time to see a local physical therapist and just really get eyes on your body movements, um, not just your running pattern, but your strength um, and where you might have some restrictions to be able to really help you get a clear picture of what's going on. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And in, mm-hmm. in most states and with most insurances, you actually don't need a physician referral to come to physical therapy. So great opportunity to, you know, hey, I'm starting to feel my hamstring tug a little bit when I'm running. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to get worse. I'm gonna call up Dana or whoever my PT in the area is that I've worked with in the past mm-hmm. and just get it checked out before it becomes a bigger issue, right? Yeah, definitely. So we're, we're definitely advocates of that. Um, ultimately, it, it saves time and money in the long run if you can get these things taken mm-hmm. care of ahead of time. So yeah. um, let's switch gears here just a little bit. Oftentimes we get questions about shoe type, um, you know, or how long people should wear shoes when they run. Do you have any specific recommendations on that or, or what would you say? Yeah, so that's always a topic that um, I get in the clinic um, and from different levels of runners. Um, you know, I think typically, even though it sounds like a big window, that 300 to 500 miles um, is definitely a window where you do want to keep track, whether it's a running log or when you get new shoes, maybe right on the inside tongue, what date that is. And if you can kind of calculate about how many miles you run a week, and really figure out, well, I should be then thinking about new shoes maybe, you know, six to nine months from now. Um, but it really depends on the the person as far as how much um, they're running every week, uh, mileage-wise or time-wise. Um, but also, are you using those shoes throughout your the rest of your day? Are you standing at work and wearing those same shoes? Are you lifting in those shoes or doing strength training, um, walking the dog? All of those things definitely add up. So don't just count the running miles if you're wearing them throughout the day. Um, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of supporting your local running stores. So wherever you live, um, you know, taking the time to, to buzz in there and um, at least slip on a new pair, even if it's that same style of shoe. That's one thing I share with my patients. When you slip on that new pair, it makes you realize how broken down your old <laughs> pair is. Um, even when you're running, you don't feel like they might be getting too old. Um, but sometimes those little creaks in the knees or you know, a little foot irritation um, could be, you know, your shoes telling you, hey, uh, I need to be replaced. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because shoes can actually tell us a lot about how you run to or maybe what some of your faults are. If you, yes. you know, experienced therapists can look at your shoes oftentimes if they've been worn out and mm-hmm. and see maybe how you strike your foot and, and what you're doing that may be contributing to. So mm-hmm. I would always recommend if you have switched shoes, but you're having issues, maybe bring those old ones in so your your PT can look at them because that might yeah. give some clues to what's going on too. Yes, definitely. And that's something I always like to do and share with patients and knowing that it's not that we want to necessarily exactly change your 
foot strike or pattern, but it does help us get a better idea, like I said, that big picture of, of what's going on with your running. Definitely, yeah. Mm. And what exactly in a shoe, if you know, what, what exactly breaks down? What? Yeah, so definitely in the sole of the foot. Uh, so within that shoe, the, the arch support. Um, and that's where everyone has a different foot type. So they might already have a shoe that's more stability based and has a lot bigger um, built up arch in the foot in the shoe. Um, or someone who has more of a neutral foot. So it's not as much of an arch, but still gives you a good, nice support. Um, and so sometimes taking out that slip in the shoe, that, that sole, um, and just feeling to see within the shoe how much is broken down and one side might be a little more broke down than the other. Um, so that's something I always take into account in addition to like Sam said, um, underneath the shoe and the treads, mm -hmm. the tread wear. Yeah. Great, Great information. Thanks. Um, one other question I want to ask you before we kind of wrap things up a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, you've kind of gotten into a little newer niche practice personally, and you've got some great mentors that are kind of helping you along that journey now. Um, oftentimes we'll hear women especially, and oftentimes after they've had a child, mm -hmm. talk about either exercise in general or running, and they have some urinary incontinence or, or leakage basically, right? Mm -hmm. um, first of all, is that normal? And if not, what, what kinds of things can they do to help with that? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, one phrase I like to really um, hone in on is it's common, but it's not normal. So if you are postpartum or not even postpartum, but an active female, whether it's running or not, and having issues with pelvic floor, whether that's incontinence, some leaking or urge, um, that's definitely something we can help as, as physical therapists. So like, like you said, Sam, I am getting into women's health and pelvic rehab um, more and under some great mentorship here in Des Moines with some colleagues at the Rock Valley locations. Um, but it's something that I'm passionate about. It's a way for me to get to combine my passion for running and physical therapy. Um, and it's something, like I said, a lot of women are not aware that it's not normal because they talk to their girlfriends at at book club or at church or anywhere and, and they all have similar issues, but it's something physical therapy can definitely help out with, um, especially any type of women's health um, specialized therapist in the area. Yeah, I love that uh, common but not normal. You know, that, right. I, I use that phrase a lot too with, yeah. with my patients. So, yeah. No, that's great. Um, so before we wrap things up, Dana, you are, uh, you're pretty active on social media typically and, and you do a great job of uh, inspiring and putting some awesome motivational quotes on there. So yeah. to put me on the spot one more time, <laughs> can you leave us on a, what is it, Wednesday? On a Wednesday with a nice motivational quote to, to finish out our week. Oh, yeah. So... One of my favorite authors is Bob Goff, and I always like to think, you know, I love running, I love my work as a physical therapist, but I think having a balanced life is great, and I love, I love writing, and I, I do like being positive and sharing things on social media, um, but a quote that he often has said in his books and um, in his materials is that we are all rough drafts of uh, the people we're becoming, mm -hmm. and so it's kind of that mindset that we're not all stagnant. We're on a journey, and uh, every day is an opportunity to get better and to improve our our rough draft for that for that final paper at the at the end of the road. That's awesome. I love that. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. So yeah, we got some great information today. Everything from you know appropriate injury prevention, you know, leading into the winter, to maybe some some good activities to complement your running or maybe decreased running in the in the winter time. 
um, you know, some areas to focus on strength-wise, and you know, when is it appropriate to reach out and see a therapist, and is peeing your pants normal when you run, right? We talked about that too. <laughs> yes, nailed it. <laughs> so thanks for your time today. Um, always awesome to talk with you. I'm sure we'll probably have you back on another time because we could probably do this for an hour yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you guys have any questions, um, you know, look us up on our website, you know, rockvalleypt.com. We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram. Um, if you've already, if you already know one of us, feel free to email or call us for sure. Uh, Rock Valley has 50 clinics serving Iowa and Illinois, all the way from Des Moines and Cedar Rapids to Northern Iowa, the Quad Cities, Southeast Iowa, and into Peoria. Our tagline is making better lives, and our therapists work to make your life better every day they come to work. So thanks for your time, Dana. Have a good rest of the week, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Sam.